Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because I guarantee you there's somebody who is walking through the valley of the shadow of death. There is somebody who is facing some unsurmountable odds in their life. Things just don't look good. And they need to know that there's a brighter day. Amen. I needed to know that today. After the news reports that I've seen over the past 48, 72 hours, I need to know it's in his hands. It is in his hands. Praise the name of the Lord. Can I get a amen? Amen. There is a word from the Lord today. And uh, I'm going to invite you to the book of 1 Kings, the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, and I believe we've already had those who were here on time today have already heard this, praise God, yes, I put it out there. <laughs> those who were here early have already heard this. So I'm only going to read two verses, starting at verse 9. I'm going to read verse 9. Starting at verse 9. Natalie's got something for y'all. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. There they go. There they go. Praise God. All those who can, please stand in reverence to the word of the Lord today. I'm going to read verse 9, and then I'm going to read verse 13, and we're going to launch into the word. Again, if you haven't say man, if you don't, you can say wait. All right, we're looking good. Verse 9 says... There he went into a cave and spent the night. Slide down to verse 13. Did I say it right? When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave 
Then a voice said to him, the voice is saying this to some of us today, what are you doing here, <laughs> Elijah? <laughs> and thus ends the reading of the word of the Lord. You may be seated in his presence and bow your heads as we begin to pray. Father God, we come to you today by blessing you with reverence and worship on our lips and our tongues today. God, we ask that you might meet us in this sacred place, that you might show your presence strong in here today. God, I pray that you might prepare in the hearts and spirits of your children a sanctuary right now. Prepare our hearts as fertile ground to be poured into, that the seeds again of your word might be planted in us, take root, and be beneficial to us. Allow your word today to cut like a two-edged sword, that when people leave today, that we are not the same way that we came in. It's in Jesus' name that we anticipate your power. Let somebody in the house say amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. I think um, it is important for me to note for you today that that this is this is not message number one. This isn't the first choice today that God dropped in our spirit. This isn't, this isn't even service, sermon number two that God dropped in our spirits today. Are y'all following this? This is message number three. And so I'm convinced that there's something that God wants to get out through this word. Because uh, he had me up way, 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 way too early this morning. Changing the message. We were about to preach something else, and I had to call Ian and stop him from getting the bulletin straight. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. God has shifted gears. And so there's something, ah, God, y'all hear me? Something God wants to get through this message today. Are y'all ready for it? Amen. All right, it's on your bulletin. Today we're going to be teaching from the topic that's in your bulletin. It should be on the front cover. Get out of the cave. Get out of the cave. I don't know quite how this is going to come out. So y'all pray with us and we will allow the Holy Spirit to move. If you are familiar with this passage of scripture, then you are familiar with a man by the name of Elijah. If you're familiar with this passage of scripture, I only read two verses, but this doesn't begin with a cave. This season in the life of this prophet, this season in the life of this man, uh, this season begins on a mountain called Carmel. And three and a half years prior to this mountain called Carmel, there was a drought. Y'all hear me? In this drought, 
God was punishing the children of Israel for their disobedience. It was in this three and a half year drought that King Ahab and one of his wives were facing one of the most difficult seasons in the life of the children of Israel. Y'all follow that? This drought was so bad that the king had to blame somebody for it. Who did he blame? Elijah. He blamed Elijah. So Elijah had to hide and run for fear of his own life. Even though he knew that he wasn't the one that caused the drought. The Bible says that he understood that the drought came because the people of God had turned their back on God. They had forsaken the commandments of God. When there's a drought, be careful who you point your finger at. Because last time I checked, if you point your finger in this direction, somebody said there's at least three fingers pointing back at you. And so Ahab wants to blame Elijah for the drought. But it wasn't Elijah's fault. It was the people who had forsaken the Lord. And so again, if you know something about this story, you know what happens. There was a man by the name of Obadiah. Obadiah was a righteous and God-fearing man. And even though Jezebel, anybody know who Jezebel is? If you don't, I want you to look up Jezebel because you got to be careful about Jezebel. And I want us to understand today through this word that there's Jezebels that are alive and kicking today. Jezebel was, was, a, was, a, was a feared woman. Why? Because when you came up against Jezebel, she could order your death and it would have to happen. Do y'all feel what I'm saying? Jezebel is at work right now. Jezebel is our enemy right now. And Jezebel was who the Lord had warned the children of Israel. Do not bow to the gods of the Canaanites because if you bow, you will pay the price. And we got folk. We talked about worship today. While we were singing about worship, y'all got to understand, I was looking up the definition of worship because I wanted to see, are we really worshiping God in here? Come on. What is worship? Worship is reverence. Worship is adoration. And there's some people you need to know who are worshiping Baal. Who are worshiping Jezebel. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Come on, Doc. You got to get this. And so, Elijah is on the run. He shows up and runs into Obadiah. Obadiah is out looking for resources because they're in a drought and therefore they're in fear that they're going to have to start killing their own cattle and their own sheep and whatnot. So they said, you, so, so Ahab says, Obadiah, you go this way and I'll go that way. I'm teaching right now. You go this way and I'll go that way. Yeah. And, and when you go look and see if you can't find some cattle or, or something so that we don't end up killing off our own livestock. Yeah. While Obadiah is out there looking, he runs into Elijah. 
And Elijah says, God has told me to tell you, Obadiah, to go back to King Ahab and tell him that I want to see him. Yeah. Obadiah says, whoa, I'm not going back to the king to tell the king that I saw you and that you want to see him. Do you not understand that the king is upset with you? The king wants to kill you. And if I go back to the king and tell the king I just found you and we come looking for you and you're not here, guess what? The king gonna kill me. This ain't rocket science. The king gonna kill me. No, I ain't doing that. Elijah Elijah assures him, look man, do what I say. Obadiah reverences the Lord. And so he agrees. And so he goes back and he tells the king, Ahab, I found Elijah. They meet up. And you know the story. Elijah says, look, all of your people have caused this drought because you are worshiping Baal. And if you believe so much in this God called Baal, I want to challenge you on something. And so he sends them to go get the priest of Baal. Some 400 and something of them. Now you got to understand, Elijah at this point feels like he's all by himself because Jezebel has killed off everybody. As far as he knows, everybody that was worshiping the Lord. The reason why this is important is because you got to get this. Obadiah has hidden some 100 followers of the Lord in caves. So while Elijah thinks he's by himself, he's not. He has people, he just doesn't know it. And so he challenges them, go get your priests who want to worship Baal. Go get your cattle, set up an altar, and I'll go get some cattle, and I'll set up an offer. Oh, I'll set up an altar. And you call on your God. I'll call on my God. And let's see what happens. Some of y'all are not there yet because you're, you're, you're listening, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. You've got to get this. We are in the condition that we are in right now because there are people who have not chosen who they're going to serve. Elijah says, are you going to call on Baal? I'm going to call on God. And now y'all caught in the middle. Yeah, you are. And some of you in here, and some of the folk out there are not telling the truth. How do I know what's the truth? I know what's the truth when we get to the challenge. When God needs to do something, and God wants to move, does he move on behalf of Baal? Or does he move on behalf of God himself? So even though there's a choice, there's also something called a challenge. A challenge. And we are being challenged right now in our community. Anybody watch the news? Past 72 hours. If you're not getting this, 
I don't know what else to say. We're being challenged. You've got a choice. And then here comes a challenge. Now, 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 clearly when you read the scripture, you recognize that God descends on the altar of Elijah and then orders the priest of Baal to all be killed. And this is where the problem starts for us as a church. How do you go from the mountain of Carmel on one minute and one minute and then in a cave the next minute? How do you go from experiencing what Elijah just experienced the power that those people just saw to a cave where you're afraid, where you're fearful, where you're in doubt. How do you, how do, you do that? The way you do it to me, from what I can see, is when you don't know who your enemies really are. If you don't know who you're fighting against, your enemy could be sleeping in the bed right next to you. <laughs> your enemy could be sitting in the pew right next to you because you don't know who you're fighting. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? We have enemies in pulpits preaching right now when you don't know who you're fighting against. We're fighting against an enemy a demon that the Bible connects Baal with Beelzebub. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? See, you got to know that. The devil and Beelzebub have been connected by Jesus in the word of God. You got to get this. If you don't know, there's a saying, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. You must know who your enemy is. And the reason why we're losing the fight is because you're waking up in the morning planning to argue and fight and fuss and, and be combative with somebody at work. And what you don't realize is that your biggest enemy is staring you in the face in the mirror. You your own worst enemy. How do you fight an enemy that's you? Know who your enemy is. And so Elijah understands that I have to identify the difference between Baal and my God. Because if you don't know the difference, you could be losing a battle and don't understand. You're losing a battle because you don't know who you're fighting. Who is Baal? Are y'all ready? You ready? Are you sure? Baal was the name of the supreme God worshiped in ancient Canaan and Phoenicia. All right, all right. So God is worship. Hmm. Baal worship infiltrated Jewish religious life during this particular time of the judges and it was supreme during the reign of Ahab. That's what we're talking about today. Are y'all following this? The word Baal means Lord. The plural of the world is Baalim. B-A-A-L-I-M. It was believed to enable the earth to produce crops and people to produce children. Baal. Y'all missed it. How do children get here? Right. 
You don't have to say it out loud, but you know what I'm talking about. Baal was the God that was, that was instrumental in producing crops and children. Okay. Birds and the bees. All right, now watch this. Baal worship was rooted in sensuality. And involved ritualistic prostitution in the temples. At times, appeasing Baal required human sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I'm taking my time, yeah. The priests of Baal appealed to their God, watch this, in rites of wild mm -hmm. abandon is what it looked like. Loud, ecstatic cries and self-inflicted injury. This is who they were worshiping. Now, if you got ears to hear and a mind to think, you've probably already figured out that we have folk who are still worshiping Baal today. Loud, aesthetic cries, wild prostitution, sensuality, self-inflicted injury. That's what we're facing in our community right now. Are y'all flowing with this? God is trying to help us see that there is worship actually going on that ain't happening in the church. There are people who are still worshiping Baal. Now, here's what's worse. There are folk in the church who are trying to straddle the fence. Okay. When if you would but open your eyes, you would recognize that it's time to choose. What does the Bible say? Anybody know what Joshua 24, 15? But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day, right now, whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will... Somebody need to make a decision. Choose, challenge, and who's going to win. Yeah. After Elijah goes through all that, the next place he ends up is in a cave. Now, the cave once represented the place of protection and safety. Remember, 1 Kings 18, 13, I just told y'all that Obadiah took 50 priests put 50 in one cave, put 50 in another, 
to keep them from being murdered by Jezebel, right? All right. All right. But now all of a sudden, a cave does not represent safety and protection. The cave represents weakness. The cave represents doubt. It represents frustration. Does, does that make sense? So the place where Elijah ends up after doing all of that on Mount Carmel is a place of exhaustion, depression, and fear. Hmm. And I believe that's where we are right now. Okay. Let me just throw it all off. Are y'all ready? I got a... I was walked into the church today and well, let me just let me go back last night. Last night, I wasn't thinking much about what was really going on in the streets. I really wasn't. God had already prepared a message, and so I had already started marinating on it. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna lay down, I'm gonna go to bed, get up in the morning, get the outline done, and we're good. And then uh, my wife comes in and she says, Did you hear about what happened on 38th Street? No. But it was bothering me. I didn't really know what happened. What I heard didn't sound good, but I didn't know all the details. So I jump on my phone or walk into the other room so I'm not disturbing her because by this time it's 1 o'clock in the morning. And so I decided to start watching the reports of what happened. Y'all know what happened on 30th Street? Some people don't, okay. Well, there were two individuals who were at a gas station. What's the gas station right there? Phillips. Phillips 66. Who were out doing... Uh, on a, uh, basically they weren't involved in what was going on. They were just out. There was a club called Something 38, Sweet 38, that a, a fight broke out or something broke out, so they closed the club down. Was anybody there? I just figured somebody could give me a better account of what was happening. I didn't ask you for all that. <laughs> I'm just asking. Anyway, according to what I heard, no, in all seriousness, uh, there's a disruption happened, so they closed the club down. Some people leave the club. And whoever, I guess, had gotten into the, the whatever, it spilled over into the parking lot of the uh, gas station. Now, you have two people who are at the gas station that have nothing to do with what was going on at Suite 38. They're just at the gas station. Shots rang out. They find some 40-some-odd, I think 48, 45 shell casings. And two people end up dead who had nothing to do with what was going on. Y'all follow? Now, I was troubled, but I decided to back up. And I think earlier in that same day or maybe the day before, there was another man in his house who they found was murdered in his house. Praise God he had given his life to Christ. Uh, so my mind rolls back to a couple Wednesdays ago when we were here 
38-year-old, taken too soon, children, young lady that passed, the young lady was killed, she had five children. Children left without a mother. Y'all flowing with this? So I'm sitting there and I'm going, God, I've had enough. But I'm wondering, why are we in this condition? What is the purpose of the thorn you have in our city? Understand, this mother, it was reported that this mother moved to Indianapolis from Chicago to have a better life. And now her father is crying in Chicago. And y'all can read more about that. So I thought we were okay. And so the Lord said, okay, you've got to deal with this. Because we're talking about building stores and banks. But we got people who are just in pieces. And it's so bad, the way I have described it is as... It's so bad that the people who we really need to reach have incubated themselves and they have created an ecology that has its own money, its own music, its own religion, its own way of burying itself. It has its own way of having children. It has its own way. There was a time when you were a mess that your grandmama could starve your ecosystem. She could say, you ain't coming to my house like that. And you'd have to get yourself together before you. There was a time when your mama could starve and your daddy could starve your little ecosystem that you created for yourself. But we're at a place today where grandmama is in it. Mama is in it, right? The kids are being raised in it. They're taking pictures of children with guns. Do y'all hear me? Smoking, weed, and you name it. All in this little ecosystem. And God has called us to deal with this mess. The problem is we're in the cave. problem is that God has already shown us what he's able to do. On Mount Carmel, it was clear the power of God. Do y'all hear me? And the problem for us is, is that too many people are looking. I'm in the Bible. They're looking for wind. And the word of God says, he wasn't in that. Right. You got to read the Bible to get what I'm saying. We're looking for him in the earthquake. And the Bible says, I'm in the Bible, I'm in the Bible. It says, God wasn't in that. We're looking for God in the fire. All of that shows the power of God in the fire. Yeah. See those wildfires out? Tear stuff up. Kill it, folks. And the Bible says, God is not in that. All right. Uh-huh. 
for what we have to do, God ain't screaming. I'm in the Bible. It says, say, God, what need all that? Hold on, y'all. Pray for me. The Bible says, says in verse 12, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a what? A what? A small voice. While we're looking for this God, he says it's not about how I come. It's about what I say when I come. And here is the point that Elijah, where he missed it. In his weakness, he thought he was alone. He was in his own cave. We have 77 caves in this community. And everybody right now is in their own cave. Thinking that they by themselves. By doing so, are y'all following this? By doing so, we are showing our weakness. Because as long as what's going on in the street is going on, and on Sundays and Wednesdays, we all go into our caves. The Bible says, the Lord said to Elijah, get up and get out of the cave. Why does he say that, Pastor G? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says, because I'm about to show up. And you're not going to see what I'm about to show you in the cave. Now notice, nobody is saying that the cave has no purpose. The cave does have its purpose because Elijah was weak. And when you're weak, you need rest. Do you hear me? This is refuge. But when God wants to show up, you're not going to see him in the cave. So he says, get up, go out to the opening of the cave. I'm in the Bible. I'm not not making this up. He says, because I'm about to show up. And it's not about how I show up. It's about what I say. When I show up. See, see, we don't end up in caves like this overnight. The word says that there was a journey to the cave. And he had got to the same point I was at last night. He had said, he said to himself, I am tired of this. I'm in the Bible. The Bible says he goes to a tree. He sits under the tree and says, I'm tired. Anybody tired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Am I tired of the news reports? Are you tired of it being your grandchildren, your friend, your cousins? And aren't you tired of that? It's not just adults that are tired. Children are tired too. All of us are tired. You should be tired. Matter of fact, you should be so tired that you should be sick and tired of being sick and tired. It's time to get out of the cave. Because God says, I'm trying to show you something. He says, I'm not going to come in the wind and the rain and the earthquake and the fire. He says, I'm just going to whisper. So nothing, nothing wrong with all the screaming and hollering that's going on in churches, but we do that and sometimes don't hear nothing that God is saying. Are you listening? Yeah. Are you listening? Yeah. And so God tells him to come out to the mouth of the cave because I'm about to show up. And what does the Lord ask him? See, I'm in the verse that I I read, which is 13. When Elijah heard it, are y'all listening? He pulled his cloak over his face and says what? Says he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice said to him, what you doing here? Why are, you, why are you here in the cave? What are you here for? And then he goes on to explain, I'm here because of the rebellion of the children of Israel. And they've, and they've killed everybody. They've rejected the covenant. They've broken down your altars and put your prophets to death when the, with the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me. He says, go back. Go back. Yeah, go back. (laughs) He says, go back when sometimes they didn't have food in the refrigerator and they made stretch meals. He said, said, go back when they had to enter into the movie theaters from the back up the stairs and sit in the balcony. He says, go back. He says, says, go back when many of those who were leading the community couldn't even read. Say, go back. Go back. Go back. He says, yeah, go back. Go back the way you came from. Say, go back there. He says, because it's time to move forward. And the only way to go forward is to 
go back to that old time that religion that watch this I remember uh, in Nashville I used to wonder early on why my mother would never come see us <laughs> I used to wonder like damn she lived in Gallatin, and we just in Nashville. That's not far, but she'll go to Gallatin, but she won't come to Nashville. At least this is before the children, grandchildren came. Before the grandchildren came. And I remember talking to her later, and I don't know even if she acknowledges it this way, but this is the way it translated to me, was that when she would come to Nashville, there were things that no longer existed that she could see that I couldn't see. She could see the movie theaters that she couldn't go into. I couldn't see that. It was no longer there, but she could still see it. Yeah. She could see parts of town that they weren't supposed to get caught. <laughs> I couldn't see it, but she could still see it. Do you hear me? Yeah. She could see stuff that we couldn't see. Yeah. But it was something about that time and place and space in our history that we have lost. There are people out in the streets who are worshiping Baal right now who have no idea who God is. Y'all heard me say it. They don't know the difference between churches and churches chicken. Yet, God has called us to be salt of the earth. We've got some work to do. Now here's, and I'm done. I just want us to get out of the cave. Yes, sir. And I want the 76 other caves to be emptied out in this community. Are y'all flowing with that? Yes. So I need y'all to expect something get ready to happen. Something get ready to happen, y'all. Something get ready to happen. We're not going, we cannot sit back and keep funeralizing innocent people, even if they were wrong. Death. It's not a decision that should be made by anybody but God. No man knows the day or the hour. And it's not on any man or woman to call somebody's card. Two things and I'm done. So I walk into church today because I'm thinking it's, you know. And uh, Leroy comes to me and he says, Pastor, I was calling you because I talked to Peggy. Peggy's family is, is just in an uproar. He said a couple days ago, her grandson was murdered, shot in the head, 16 years old, videotaped, posted. So I told him, I told him to call her, get the information, call me back. So he does. He goes, gets the information, calls me back. And I told him, I said, well, what church do you go to? So I call her. So Peggy, tell me what's going on. She tells me. She's crying, uproar in the house. And she said they found the perpetrator about 3 a.m. this morning. And I said, uh, Peggy, uh, what church you go to? Well, I, I, don't, I don't go to church. She passed uh, when, my, my, when my daughter died. I, I just couldn't. Now, Vanita Johnson, her daughter, her son, Jalen Johnson, is now dead too. 
So now she's fertilizing her grandson. She hadn't been to church so long, she couldn't remember how long she had been to church. This is what we're fighting against. People who are so disconnected and so lost that they don't know they're lost. And what Elijah found out from the voice of God, he says, I have reserved thousands of people who are ready to go to war. He says, you're going to leave, you're going to leave this cave. You're going to go anoint some people and your predecessor. And there's going to be, come here, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be thousands of people who are ready to fight. Do y'all hear me? In his weakness, in his weakness, Elijah thought he was all by himself. Only to find out that God had reserved an army for him. There was a man just like this young man fallen in a hole. Go ahead and get out on the ground. Go ahead and get out on the ground. He had fallen in a hole. And no matter what this man did, he couldn't get out. He was stuck in a hole and the hole was just too much. And so the man looked up. Look up at me, young man. The man looked up trying to get out of the hole. He even tried to grab a hole to the sides. But every time he got up so far, he would slide back down into the hole. There was nothing he could do to get out of the hole. Well, one day, a traveler came by and he looked down in the hole. Look up at me, young man. He looked down the hole. Now, now, you want to get out of the hole, so act like you want to get out of the hole, right? So, so when a traveler walks by, he looks down in the hole, and the young man looks up because he wants to get out, but he can't. And the guy who is traveling by, he says, he says, actually, young man, this hole does not exist. As a matter of fact, you don't exist either. So if you meditate and reach karma, you'll get out of the hole that does not exist. Well, the young man did it. And the young man that did not exist still remained in a hole that did not exist. <laughs> Another man came by. <laughs> And he says, young man, do you want to get out of the hole? And he said, act like you want to get out of the hole. Like the hole. <laughs> young man, do you want to get out of the hole? Yes. Thank you. 
He says, well, here's what you do. You hum. All right. And if you hum and you bow to the east and you bow to the west and you do this three times a day and you do that two times a day and you go wash your hands and you go eat the right things and you live perfectly, you do all of that and guess what? You'll get out of the hole. So the young man did that. But guess what? He was still in the hole. Then another man comes by. The young man looks up, exhausted, because he's been here a long time. This young man thinks he's all by himself. Nobody cares. He's tried everything else. He's tried humming. He's tried bowing to the east. He's tried Buddha. He's tried Confucius. He's tried agnostic. He's tried Scientology. He's tried Judaism. He's tried, yes sir. He's tried everything, but he's still in a hole. And this last man comes by. And he says, young man, do you want to get out of that hole? And the young man says, yeah. And so, this man does something interesting. He throws down a rope. And he climbs down into the hole with the young man. Come on, Doc. And he helps the young man climb out of the hole. So what we have out there are a bunch of people in a hole. And as long as we stay in the cave and tell them what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and where to do it, they're going to remain in the hole. But the only way they're going to get out of the hole is that we got to take Jesus out of the cave and into the hole. Because that's what he did for you. Why you were caught up in your addiction. That's what he did for you. When you were caught up selling your body. That's what he did for you. When you were smoking and sexing and not caring about people and in your gangs and not paying attention to your parents and getting kicked out of school. That's what he did for you, he, 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 his grace and his, his, his mercy is what is sufficient for you. And he came down into the hole right where you were when you was acting a nut and you didn't know which way to turn and you gave up on your education and you gave up on your life and you said, I've had enough, I'm tired, I give up. And God said, you're not by yourself. I'll come down there right where you are. And I'll show you how to get out of this thing. 
but you've got to come out of the cave. You've got to come out of the cave and don't expect the wind to blow and earthquakes and fire. God's going to tell us exactly what to do. He's going to tell us exactly which way to turn. He's going to tell us exactly what to say.
Wait till you get yourself together. Wait until you fix some things. Wait till you put down that addiction. Wait till you put down that bad habit. Last time I checked, if you could have put it down, you would have done so a long time ago. The reality is, is you can't do it by yourself. That's why we stand here. That's why we wait. We offer Christ to somebody here today. If that's you today, won't you come? Amen. Put your hands together. Is there another? Is there another today? I need somebody. I need somebody who is. I need somebody who is courageous. I need somebody who's courageous in here today to say, I'm not going to go out like that. I'm going to make sure that I'm covered. Is there another today? Is there another today? Come on, come on. Life abundantly. I want you to know today, this is no game. Somebody's life hangs in the balance right now. Why? Because tomorrow is not promised. Is there another today? Is there another? I need my prayer warriors to start praying right now. I need my prayer warriors to start praying. Open your mouth and begin to pray. There's lives that are hanging in the balance right now. There's young people who need the courage to get up and to move out in that aisle and to give their life to Christ right now. There's somebody in it. You ain't never been baptized and you know that you can't keep going the way you're going. I need my prayer warriors to start praying right now. Start praying right now. I see, I see, I see, I see mothers praying for, for daughters and sons. I see grandmothers praying for grandchildren right now. I see brothers praying for sisters and sisters praying for brothers right now. Start praying. Yeah. Start praying. Yeah. Open your mouth. Pray. 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 Make it audible. Pray. Pray. Make it audible. Pray. 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 Nine-year-old laying in the bed doing her homework. Shots rang out. She loses her life. Wasn't thinking about nothing. It doesn't matter how old you are. Somebody start praying right now. If somebody start praying right now, come on, come on, pray. We're waiting you. Come on, come on, come on. Is there another today? Keep praying, saints. Keep praying. I got ministers in the aisles that will pray with you. They're standing there. They'll pray with you right now. All you got to do is just let them know. They're praying right now. Come on, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. I see it, I see it working, it's working, yeah, it's working, it's working, uh-huh, it's working. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. There it is, there it is, there it is, thank you Jesus, yeah, there it is, there it is. He's moving, he's moving, he's moving, he's moving, keep praying. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Some of you got the activities of your limbs and she lifts her way to the altar. Keep praying, y'all. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Uh-huh. Some of y'all don't know what it took. Somebody doesn't know what it takes. Hey. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Uh -huh. Somebody here, you're wondering. You're wondering why it's hot in here and you ain't feeling the heat. You're not understanding what's going on. That's because sometimes you got to be plugged into what the Spirit is doing. The Spirit is moving right now. Mm. Come on, come on, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. 
Somebody say amen. Bow your heads right now. Bow your heads. Bow your heads. Father, we bless you for the visitation of your Holy Spirit. You just spoke to us and told us that it's about your soul. That somebody in this house today, they're worried about what people are going to think. And it's not about what people think. It's about your word today, which lets us know it doesn't matter how far you fall. God is willing to get down in your messed up situation and pull you out of the cave. All of us are tired, but the word of God lets us know, be not weary and well-doing, but in due season you shall reap if you faint not. The race is not given to the swift north, to the strong, to the old north, to the young, to the smart north, to the illiterate, to the wealthy north, to the poor, but to those who endure to the end. And so there are folk in this house today. God, they need to be touched only by you. They're hurting, they're tired. They're worn down, they're fearful, they're depressed, they're in doubt, they're confused. And the only way out is in your presence. We feel you now, Lord. We feel your presence. We know that you're in this place. Move how you want to move. Do what you want to do. will forever give you the praise. Amen. Now look to the person to your right. Look to your person to your right, to your left, and ask them, neighbor, do you have the church on? Wait for an answer. Wait for an answer. Look at your other neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you have a church on? Wait for an answer. Now, look back at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, are you saved? Have you been baptized? All right. Now, look at your other neighbor. Ask him the same question. Neighbor, are you saved? You've been baptized. Wait for an answer. Now, if somebody sitting next to you said no to either one of those questions, turn back to them and say, neighbor, I will walk with you. Neighbor, I will walk with you. Put your hands together for the Lord. We'll wait. Put your hands together for the Lord. We'll wait. I will walk with you. You are not alone. You're not by yourself. I will go with you. Come on. We'll wait. Come on. Come on. We'll wait. Jesus is the best day. I'm a living witness that ever happened. Jesus is the best day. Come on. Jesus is the best day. That ever happened? That ever happened? Jesus is the best thing. Jesus is the best thing. That ever happened? That ever happened to me. One more time, one more time, one more time. 
say be seated in his presence. To me, put your hands together for the Lord today. Hallelujah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.